that has to be part of your thing. And then, you know, you, you do it like this and then you break the mold. Welcome to the Creative Studio. This is the podcast where we conduct experiments with podcasting. In this fourth season, we are exploring narrative podcasting. Biographic. An engaging story. Plus emotion or moments of reflection. And it's not all just documentaries because we get sucked into the story. But in a narrative podcast, you explore the answer and you find it by weaving through a set of occurrences. It's a change of direction. Add in extra information or background or thought process to what was already recorded. We are going to be diving into what narrative podcasting is, how to do it, and whether you should even consider doing it. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com, and I will be hosting this journey. I'm not an expert at this. I'm learning right along with you. Keep on listening to The Creative Studio to find out more about podcasting experiments. Welcome back to The Creative Studio. If you haven't listened to the first episode of this series, please go back and listen to that one first. We covered what a narrative podcast is, and whether you should or shouldn't pursue this format of podcasting yourself. Assuming now that you've considered those, we'll cover an overview of the process of creating a narrative podcast in this episode. We won't go into a lot of detail, as we will delve into the different parts in future episodes, but you'll be able to see the big picture. This episode is going to be a little bit different than the rest. There's only going to be three guests with us, Jessica Rhodes, Eric Johnson, and Jessica Abel. The majority of the episode will be my voice. The rest of the episodes will be featuring more of the guests and less of me. In addition to the overview or roadmap, I'll be sharing a couple other things here that are key to making the process easier or better, or hopefully both. From Interview Connections, Jessica Rhodes is the host of the Roads to Success podcast and the co-host of the podcast producers along with Corey Coates. She realized the importance of having a team. Well, you're right. Corey did a lot of this. Um, so I can talk a little bit about our roles and kind of also emphasize the importance of having a team because I think mm-hmm. doing a narrative-based podcast by yourself is going to be a really, really big challenge. It's not impossible. Um, but Corey and I each brought very different skill sets to the table, which allowed us to have a really good show. Um, so, you know, so I, w- I would really highly recommend that if you want to do a narrative-based podcast, really make sure that you have the right partners to help you do it really well. So what I brought to the table was... Um, I have a good voice on the microphone. <laughs> I can interview well. I know how to get guests. So I brought a lot of the, um, you know, I was the main booker for the show. Um, I brought a lot of, you know, just, you know, obviously contribute along with Corey, just ideas. Um, I, you know, had the idea of how to launch the show, like launch, you know, we decided to put out all episodes on day one rather than put them out on a week by week basis. We just dropped all 10 episodes right there on, on our launch date. So, you know, and I'm like, I bring a little bit more of the mark. Like I think more of like, I think more of, eh. I think more like a marketer (laughs) than Corey does. Corey is an artist. Um, I'm more of the entrepreneur. So again, we bring really different skill sets. Corey is absolutely, he is the editor. He is the producer. He is the one that opens up his 
I think he uses Adobe Audition or something. And, and he's the one that's listening to all the interviews and taking the pieces and, and putting them together. So we brainstormed what the story would be. Um, you know, we talked through, okay, in episode one, we're going to talk about this and let's probably have these guests be the primary feature of this episode. And these guests be the primary feature of this episode. But what we realized while we would book a guest to, to primarily talk about one topic we ended up talking to them about a lot more. So there was one guest I remember that I thought, okay, I'll talk to him about DIY podcasting. And he ended up having a really great story about sponsorships. So we ended up using a lot of his material in the episode about advertising and monetizing your podcast. Um, so again, just, you want to have, uh, you want to have a partner, you want to know what your skill sets are and, um, and just get as much content as you can. You don't want to kind of like pre-edit. You want to just talk to the guests and try to get as much great information. A lot will get left on that cutting room floor. Um, I remember, I mean, there were some people that we interviewed that we didn't end up using anything of their, you know, we didn't use any audio from their interview just because it didn't fit the story arc. Um, so, so that might happen. Um, but you just want to get as much great audio as possible. So you have plenty to work with. I haven't followed this advice yet as I'm working on this series alone, other than the contributions of those that I was able to interview. I am, however, talking with someone about helping in some form of the later episodes. This should help make it easier and have a better product in the end. I'll definitely report on this later. Eric K. Johnson talks about crafting stories on his podcast, Podcast Talent Coach. There are really four key elements to storytelling. The first is your powerful introduction. You want to decide what it is you want to make your audience feel. My talent coach used to always tell me, what do you want to make the audience laugh at, marvel at, or better understand? You have to know what you want your audience to walk away with. What is that one thing you want them to better understand after listening to the story that you're telling? So if you can figure that out at the very beginning, put that in that powerful introduction. I call it that, that intriguing introduction. You want to really create that first few seconds to hook your audience and bring them into the story. Write that amazing opening scene of the movie that you're going to use as your podcast. When you can do that and create that introduction, that brings people in. The second thing you need to do as you're telling your story is create those vivid details so your story comes to mind in the theater of the mind. It comes to life. The images are dancing in the mind of your listener when you create with, with wonderful images, with vivid details. The details are what add authenticity to your story. It makes the audience believe your story. It makes that story come to life. It really makes a powerful story when you add vivid details. The final thing you want to add in there is that, that powerful conclusion, which is simply restating your introduction, because once you've accomplished what you've hoped to make them feel, you know you've reached the end of the story, and that's where your powerful conclusion is. So if you're creating a narrative podcast, you figure out where you want to end and then work your way backwards. That where you want to end helps create that intriguing introduction at the beginning. And then... The final thing is, where do you want them to go next? What is, what is the follow-up? In podcasting, when you're telling great stories and you, you create that wonderful narrative for your listener, at the end, the story shouldn't just end. 
it, that shouldn't be the culmination of everything. Lead them to more. Is it going back to your website for more information? Is it getting details from the show notes? What sort of call to action are you going to incorporate into this story that will make people take action and, and get more involved with the story? Where will the story lead? So first is the intriguing introduction, then the vivid details, then the powerful conclusion, and the final one is what's next. These four parts help to structure what you probably already knew in the back of your mind. For a more in-depth process, for our purposes though, I want to share the extensive process that Roman Mars shared in his presentation at Podcast Movement 2015. He's the host of the 99% Invisible podcast, which is a narrative or journalistic style podcast with high production value. Roman Mars has a team that he works with, and it takes him several weeks to put together one episode of the podcast. I'm not completely positive, but I believe that they work on multiple stories at one time, overlapping them. I say this because they do release weekly episodes. And I know that this is a generalization, but I would venture to say that the average podcaster has a very simple process or workflow. Probably goes something like this. Number one, you get the idea. Number two, you do a little research. Number three, you interview or you record. You do editing. And then lastly, you publish. And as a general rule, I believe that most podcasters are in a rush to release the episodes because they are trying to keep a schedule or maybe because they've already blown past their schedule. This is mostly due to a little thing called life. This is completely understandable since the vast majority of podcasters are doing this on the side of their jobs and families. In the rush, though, the process is simplified and the easiest path is usually taken. Roman Mars, though, shared his process, and the process is probably similar to other high-production podcasts and organizations that produce audio like this. Here's a quick rundown of his workflow. Number one, idea. Number two, research enough to pitch the idea to the group. Research more. Conduct pre-interviews. Adjust the story concept. Pick interview subjects. Interview. Transcribe. Write the first draft of script. Edit. Second draft. Edit. Third draft. Full cuts. Read to tape as a group. Group edits. The fourth draft. Tracking. Rough mix. Listen to the rough as a group. Another group edit. Rough sound design. Listen as a group. Edit. Fix sound design. Pass off your final master. Final mix. Send out. Get notes. Fix based on notes. Review again. Green light. And finally, number 33 is publish. So, are you overwhelmed with this list? I know I was. Number one, idea. Number two, research enough to pitch the idea to the group. Research more. Conduct pre-interviews. Adjust the story concept. Pick interview subjects. Interview. Transcribe. Write the first draft of script. Edit. Second draft. Edit. Third draft. Full cuts. Read to tape as a group. Group edits. The fourth draft. Tracking. Rough mix. Listen to the rough as a group. Another group edit. Rough sound design. Listen as a group. Edit. Fix sound design. Pass off your final master. Final mix. Send out. Get notes. Fix based on notes, review again, green light, and finally, number 33 is publish. You may be wondering whether you really need to follow such an involved process. You don't, but if you want to have the best quality in both story and production, you'll need to do more than you're doing, most likely. 
I put together a PDF with this workflow on it. You can get it by going to the website creativestudio.academy and entering your email. If you already signed up for the list before, you should get it delivered automatically. You should also receive future resources as I develop them through the series. As you go through the rest of this podcast series, I simplify this workflow into just a handful of parts. Planning, preparation, recording, editing, enticing, and flowing of, or transitions. How the process actually works for you will depend on several things, including the specific topic, your skills and strengths, and whether or not you have a team to work with. One person that has put extensive study in this process is Jessica Abel. She wrote and drew the book Out on the Wire. I mentioned it in the last episode, but I want to tell you a little bit more about the book and her podcast a little bit more. Out on the Wire. It's about taking risks, putting it all on the line, opening yourself up to the world, telling your story. So come on, let's get out on that wire. She started working with Ira Glass from This American Life back in the late 90s to create a book about the storytelling process there. Out on the Wire expands by her interviewing many others that create stories in audio, both on the radio and on podcasts. The podcast is very informative and entertaining. Not only does she bring the information on what and how to create story, she assigns homework every other episode. To be honest, I didn't go through and do the exercises yet, but I know that they would be a great help to me. I probably will go through some of them in the later episodes of this series. She goes through much of the process that we've already laid out, but in greater detail, especially focusing on the crafting of the story. She shares a few ways to get started with constructing this narrative arc. Come up with an idea for a story. Uh, ideally one based around a character who goes through changes, but you can certainly work this style with idea-based stories as well. Um, but then you need to vet that idea in various ways. So you test it with various kinds of tools. Um, some of the tools that I present in the book Out on the Wire, uh, the storytelling secrets of the new masters of radio are um, the uh, XY story formula, which comes from Alex Bloomberg which is my, I'm doing a story about X and what's interesting about it is Y. And so you have to figure out what's really interesting about it. Like, you know, and it's not what you're going to find interesting about it. It's what the listener is going to find interesting about it. Um, there's also the um, uh, focus sentence, which is sort of like uh, a mini narrative arc. So if you can work out the focus sentence on your idea, you often are well on your way in terms of thinking about the outline of your story. So that the focus sentence is someone does something because, but. So you have a character who's in motion, who is um, doing living some kind of life for and has um, a sense of mission, has something that they want, but there's something that stands in the way, which is kind of like the definition of, of a narrative arc or of a protagonist, the definition of protagonist in a narrative story. You know, from there, you need to develop um, uh, the characters, understand who the characters are. You have to, um, you know, do a bunch of outlining. I invented a new tool called the Story Mad Lib that's a little bit too complicated to go in in the short form, but it's, um, I talk about it in episode four of Out on the Wire. This time around, we're going to talk about a couple of approaches for structuring stories. One is more helpful for fiction writers, and the other, perhaps, for nonfiction. And then we're going to talk about what you're aiming for. Do you want to reshuffle tropes of existing stories and just tell your new version of an entertaining yarn? There is nothing wrong with that. 
But if you're aiming for something more, if you want to tell a story that sticks with your audience long after the credits roll, you've got to start to figure out what you've got that is larger than the sum of its parts. We've also got a fascinating interview with Jonathan Mitchell, the producer of the podcast The Truth, where he and his team make fiction that updates the tradition of classic radio drama with a distinctly modern ear for story and soundscape. And at the end of the show, we've got a new challenge for you that will keep you moving forward with your story. We will definitely be hearing more from her on these topics and other strategies to plan and prepare for your narrative in the next few episodes. But this can get you started. Which is a way of building out the entire kind of um, arc of the story in, in kind of a paragraph to guide you where you're going to go and figure out, um, you know, plan your interviews carefully ahead of time. Uh, you know, you've got to do writing and, um, and think about narration, think about your, how you're going to cut your tape. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with selection. You know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, if you do an interview that takes an hour or two hours, you're going to have tons of stuff in there you could use for maybe eight or 10 different stories. And you have to decide which one is your story, which is the story you want to tell. Um, and so that kind of selection, that kind of decision-making is really a huge part of, of making a narrative, um, making a story with a narrative. The protagonist's motivation is potential energy. That's the because in the focus sentence. A cool dude who's just hanging out lacks motivation. And if you've got a protagonist without motivation, you better be doing something pretty unusual. But if there's no desire in there, if there's no desire, nothing somebody, nothing that character is moving towards, there's nothing for me to emotionally invest in. There's nothing for me to, to hook onto empathetically and say, I hope... Greenleaf is going to make it one day. To wrap up this episode, I wanted to share something I came across that kind of ties in with creating your narrative. This came from Pixar, and I'll have the link to the full article in the show notes on creativestudio.academy. It is a full list of 22 rules, but I'm just going to name a couple of them here. Number one, you admire a character for trying more than for their successes. Number three, trying Okay. Number three, trying for your theme is important, but you won't see what the story actually is about until you're at the end of it. Now, rewrite. Number seven, come up with your ending before you figure out your middle. Seriously, endings are hard. Get yours working up front. Number 11, putting it on paper lets you start fixing it. If it stays in your head, a perfect idea, you'll never share it with anyone. Number 11, why must you tell this story? What is the brief burning that, what is the belief burning in you that your story feeds off of? That's the heart of it. Number 22, what's the essence of your story? Most economical telling of it. If you know that, you can build out from there. So again, that came from Pixar and you can be able to get the link in the show notes. Now, I want to hear from you. Go to creativestudio.academy slash 402 to go directly to the show notes page. Scroll down to the bottom and leave a question or comment. Like I mentioned, I'm not an expert in this. I'm just trying to learn along with you. Maybe there's something that I left out or maybe you have a different viewpoint. Please share that so that we can all improve. In fact, 
If you want to record yourself, I can include the audio in a future episode. In the next episode, we'll delve deeper into the early stages of planning for your narrative. This is a crucial part that can make the rest of the process easier, so be sure to subscribe and come back next week. Thank you for listening, and share this with a friend. God bless. This is episode four, Bare Bones. This is where I'm scheduled to tell you that narrative arc is an essential tool. And, you know, sketch out the parts and how it works. But I have had a hell of a time figuring out how to show you that this actually should matter to you at all. I'm making a story about essential narrative tools, the narrative arc, chronology, and framing. And what's interesting about it is these tools can feel abstract and artificial at the outset. They can feel like you're minimizing what's really good about your work. But they are your beacon in the storm. They will save you when you're most lost. Last episode, I told you, without a lot of backup, that characters are cogs in your story machine. What story machine, you might well ask? That machine is called the narrative arc. And the way those cogs mesh with the other elements is all about motivation. And that brings us straight back to the focus sentence. Someone does something because but... A successful focus sentence is the most basic, bare-bones version of your narrative arc. You've got a motivated character that's on some kind of journey, and the journey is set off by an event, some kind of change of circumstances. That's what the but in the focus sentence points to. You might remember seeing a chart in your high school textbook that maps the narrative arc. At the bottom left is a point. That's where the character starts. And then there's a spark, and that sends the character up a diagonal line from left to right, that's your rising action. It hits a high point, your climax, and then the line falls down steeply to the bottom right. That's your resolution. Or if you're fancy, or French, your denouement. The next ingredient you need is stakes. The stakes are why all this matters to the characters. In the case of Greenleaf Barksley, elf protagonist, the stakes are that he loves his mother and that she's a wise old elf whose experience is needed to survive the onslaught of the orcs or something. So he needs to do this thing in order to save her and everyone he knows. If he needed the golden leaf for something mundane, like, I don't know, removing stubborn stains from his elf tunic, why would he bother to risk this dangerous journey? Why would he care? And if he doesn't care, why should we care? Basically, the spark at the beginning of the story sets up a question. It sets up what the protagonist wants, what he's fighting for throughout the work. And the question is, will the protagonist get what she wants? The focus sentence is a baby narrative arc. XY story formula will tell you the hook. Why will you listen? What's odd or unusual or surprising about the situation or events of the story? The Soren encapsulates the major chronological points of the story and demands that the events in question be unbelievable. A story in its purest form is somebody saying, this happened, and that led to this next thing, and that led to this next thing, and that led to this next thing, like one thing following another. And the power of the anecdote is, is so great that no matter how, in a way, like no matter how boring the material is, if it's in a story form where, where there's an anecdote happening, it has a momentum in and of itself. 
I've been reaching for a way to incorporate framing into all the best parts of the various focusing XY formula thingies. And the ideal might really be a mashup of all three, plus a little dash of Jessica. Let's call it a story Mad Lib. First, a bit of focus sentence. Someone is motivated to do this thing he's doing because of this. But then this happens, so he has to do this. Then, some chronology and key turning points. And therefore, this, which leads to this. And finally, you won't believe it, but this. And finally, a frame. Tell us why this is all so bloody important. And the reason this matters to everyone walking the face of the earth is this. Does that, does that mean, like, a metaphor? Like, elves are a metaphor for racism? Exactly. 